back with you from Backwoods Theology. Boy, it seems like this past week has gone by in just a few minutes. My goodness. Uh, it's, I think we've used that joke before. <laughs> yeah. For the next episode, I'll come up with some new jokes. But, but uh, we are glad to be with you once again. We pray the Lord's uh, just... Uh, uh, kept you safe over the past week or so. We're grateful for those who uh, regularly listen, and I'm just thankful for this opportunity to come back to you once again. I'm here with three of my best friends. I did say three. We've got a guest here in our makeshift studio, uh, but uh, we're grateful to, uh, I'm just grateful to be around the table with these men. Of course, Chad and Josh are here with me, um, but we've got our good friend, uh, Nate Browning here with us, and he can do a better job of introducing himself than I can. So Nate, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Nate Browning. That's about uh, all there is to it. No, I... all right. So yeah. let's go. Hey, so, man, to our topic today. That's that was, right. That was a good episode. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's been good to be with you guys. Now, uh, I pastor Calvary Baptist Church in Hiawassee, uh, Georgia, and uh, been there almost seven years now. And the Lord's uh, just just a great church, giving us a good church and good people and a good town to work in and serve in. And uh, just excited to be here, man. I just appreciate the opportunity. Well, hey, man, I know that <clears throat> I believe we've all known Nate for the same amount of time. I believe I'm over 10 years, 12 10 years, years more, more than that. Um, so did you, you came on the main tour in 2012, mm -hmm. the main Baptist history tour? Right. Okay. Is that the first time we met you or yes. was that? That was. That was it. Okay. It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. Well, okay. This is the so I have to, anniversary. I have to confess. You said we all met around the same time. I didn't go on that tour. Oh my! You were wow. a bomb. I was in Maine. He was a bomb. I was I was I was a Maine preacher. Wow. You were in. You were there though, but at the unveiling. I was at the uh, which unveil the monument, the yes. one in front of in front the church. Of church show. Yeah. I was there for that one. But in the in that, um, my own personal testimony and conviction, um, I could care less about Baptist history or anything. That you, I thought you guys were buffoons. So that were you in a wheelchair at the unveiling? No, that was the other unveiling. <laughs> that was the second one. That was the second unveiling. Okay. Um, that was you? when he did care. Why that was when I did care, but I had surgery. I had surgery that day. Okay. So, the Lord humbled him. What happened? We're not gonna talk about yeah. that. <laughs> we'll talk about it off air. That's true. <laughs> this so, is being recorded, Chad. <laughs> so Josh thought we were buffoons. No. At the end of the day, that's yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Professing themselves so, to be wise. So I did not meet Nate. I did not meet you on that trip. Okay. So I met you later. Well, I shook your hand at the unveiling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I just we did meet. This is true. Okay. But he was still coming off meds. So yeah. Well, yeah. Not a, different a different unveiling. unveiling. <laughs> this is a different yeah. unveiling. Yeah. I, I wasn't in a wheelchair, <laughs> Chad. This one. He's still on meds. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good chance he was. Yeah, you can tell when you haven't taken your meds, Josh. This is true. Yeah. I know. I know. For those of you listening, this conversation means something to us, even though it means nothing, <laughs> nothing to you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm grateful that Nate, Brother Nate, could be here with us today. He is a good friend. He is a just a faithful preacher, has a great family, um, but he is a Bible preacher. He is right along our, I guess you would use the word stripe of right division, right word of God, and I'm just thankful. We invited him to be here with us today. We are at a camp uh, down in Georgia. The three of us, meaning Chad, Josh, and myself, have all brought 
some of our children down to this teen camp. Mm -hmm. And Brother Nate is the camp speaker this week. And so we asked him to come and join us. And Brother Nathan is just doing a tremendous job. And just this morning, he preached a tremendous message that I asked him just about 10 minutes ago. Uh, So again, as you know, we do not come prepared to these podcasts and we're trying to stay faithful to that. But Brother Nate just preached this message this morning that I just asked him 10 minutes ago, could we talk about that on our podcast? And so um, the theme is captivate, but it's primarily about our mind. And the Word of God speaks much about the mind. And so uh, I'm just going to turn it over to you, Nate, and you can just talk about, uh, he gave the uh, three minds that we should strive for uh, in our Christian walk. And why don't you just take it away, Nate? I know that you're here and uh, again, you're as prepared as you can be. And this is obviously a little different. What you what you just did was one way. Right. We're now it's... Uh, this is more picking it apart, not the sermon, but just the, the material, trying to unpack a little more deeper. Right. Yeah. Just getting yeah. a little bit deeper. Right. So, um, I thought we are picking apart a sermon. No, Josh. No. We can do that. That's no. fine. I, I, I no, Josh. That. Here, no, take Josh. your pill. That's, that's, that's what Beth does after every time I preach. My wife, she just picks apart. She's like, yeah, I did, I did not said that. Right, right. <laughs> no, well, well, the Bible says in Philippians, let this mind be in you, right. which was also in Christ Jesus. So it says this mind. Mm. So lead us off, Nate. What... Well, when we talk about the mind, what should we as Christians strive for? Well, that's the that was the first mind that I brought out, and we've we've dealt with that a few times this week. And when you look at that Philippians two passage, uh, when we go to verse two, fulfill ye my joy that ye be my like minded, mm-hmm. having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. So there's the unity of believers in our mind and our mindset. We know we're unified. In doctrine, but then it goes on. Let uh, nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So the first part we looked at was the lowly mind, and that pat that what you just quoted comes straight f- right after uh, Philippians two two through four. Down further, you've got this mind. Let this mind be in you, which is verse five which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about how he made himself of no reputation. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christ humbled himself. And that's the mindset that we really have to strive for. A lot of people struggle with that. You know, well, I'm, you know, I've, I've got to, especially in this day and age where you're told constantly positive reinforcement. You need positive reinforcement. Pos- yeah. You know, the yeah. power of positive thinking. Uh, that's a very... It's a worldly philosophy. It's a carnal mindset uh, because the carnality brings along with it this pride. And pride is the opposition to lowliness. It's the wake up in the morning and, you know, oh, I'm awesome. I'm great. You know, that's where that's why I bring out how we all want to be like Paul, but we're more like Peter. Paul says in Romans 8, oh, wretched man that I am. There's not many Christians that I know that have that mentality you know it, there there's the mentality of i'm saved and i'm awesome not i'm saved because god's great 
Mm-hmm. You know, we'll say that, mm-hmm. but we don't act that out. And then in the lowliness of mind, uh, I try to bring out the fact that it really shows through when you have people who are maybe searching for a new home church. Um, you know, people are moving, people are traveling, you know, in church, we've made church and church fellowship and the church we're looking for more about what we get out of it, not what can I do to serve here? Now, I don't believe that you just need to go to the first church that you find and just jump in. Yeah. I think they need to be right on doctrine. I think that's important. You need to do your research, you know, ask the pastor, hey, let, you know, let me kind of see your doctrinal statement. I'd love to know what you believe on this. Hmm. But when you go, the question isn't so much, what do you have for me? If, if you find out this church is right on doctrine, they preach the word, you know, oh, they might not have a style of music I like. Okay. Is it godly music? Is it is it biblical music? I can work with that. What can I do to serve the people of this church that obviously is a God-fearing, Bible-believing church? And that's the lowly mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Um, that that pride that goes against that. And, and the Bible says a lot about pride. Uh, my, my favorite, and I only really mentioned the verse in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord, because the fear of the Lord we know is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. Um, Proverbs 8.13 tells us the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. If we feared God, we're going to hate evil. Uh, and then he goes on to give some things that are evil. Pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, the froward mouth, do I hate. Um, so there's the two, there's the there's the oppositions of the first mind. Um, I don't, y'all have seen... Can we- can we talk about it? It's interesting because the word lowly, yes, L-O-W-L-Y, mm-hmm. is a term we don't often use in our vernacular, but it's right. it's not only a good biblical word, because Brother Nate is saying the lowly, lowliness of mind. Mm-hmm. Well, is not lowly a characteristic of Christ? Mm-hmm. That word is specifically used for him mm-hmm. in the prophecy of his entry. Uh, yes. Uh, isn't that Zechariah? Oh, Zechariah. Your, king, your king yeah. cometh unto you meek and lowly. Right? It, says, it specifically yeah. says lowly, mm-hmm. which his first advent, he comes lowly. His second advent, that's right. there that's is right. no lowliness. Yeah, that's right. But the first, and I believe in defining things biblically, yeah. is not lowliness defined for us in verses 6? seven and eight mm-hmm. would that yes. be the biblical definition of lowliness yeah made himself of no reputation took upon him the form of a servant paul often shows christ as our example yes sir. and so here he's showing christ as our example so in case you're wanting to know what a well, what does it mean a lowly mind well brother nate talked about the opposite well lowliness is not a characteristic of the flesh Right. The Bible says men shall be lovers of their own selves. Right. That's yeah. that's the characteristic of the flesh, mm. where lowliness is the opposite of that. So, I I love that word lowly. Right. Uh, although my our flesh hates that word. Right. You mm-hmm. know right. when it refers to ourselves. What 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 do you two think? I thought just for a moment, like almost as as a footnote, you noted in one of your one of the messages that the word evil. Uh, really means destructive. That was very good. That helped me in a lot of areas. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you just mentioned evil. Uh, 
Right. And for the listener, you know, doing a do a word study. Right. Is that how you arrived at that conclusion? That's how I always arrive at those conclusions. You know, yeah. And so sometimes we think the word evil inherently means it's the equivalent of sin. Right. right. Whereas it actually means destructive, and that's right. why. You know, sin is evil because right. it's destructive. Sin is always evil, but evil is not always sin. Right. 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 Because God had had talks evil about thought. evil. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and skeptics will use those verses, especially the, the verse in Exodus where it says that God repented of the evil that He thought towards Israel, mm-hmm. and they'll say, "See, there's God having evil thoughts and repenting," because we have used repentance and misdefined it as a turning from wickedness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And repentance isn't that. It is a change. I don't necessarily believe it's necessarily a change of mind because God doesn't change. I believe it's more of a change of course. There's the option to use Moses instead of it to start over and keep all the promises that were made to Abraham Mm -hmm. through Moses. Mm -hmm. And Moses interceded on behalf of Israel. And so God said, well, here's the direction. All right, well, Moses, because you did that, I'm not going to destroy them. And so he changed direction, repented of the evil, the destruction that he thought toward, uh, toward Israel. Yeah, that was just very good. That that definition today just that was excellent. Mm. Very good. I I hope our teens were listening to that. But mm. I know I was yes. when I yes. when I heard that. But lowly lowly mind. Mm. That's just so opposite of our you know cares. in a day and an age where we want to exalt ourselves. You know I um, when you were mentioning this passage this morning and. There's a there's a word in here that I was really wrestling with during your sermon this morning and uh, during your preaching and uh, brother Wiley, unbeknownst to him, just helped me with this word just like three seconds ago. Yeah. Um, lowly, lowly is Christ's first advent, his first coming. Correct. Mm-hmm. Sure. Philippians two five does not say let this mind be in you. Which is right. yeah. See that that's where I oh, that's I, I really struggled with that word was because I'm going well Christ is I mean why why can't we have his you know what I mean, and so I'm sitting in the in the pew this morning just that was really a wrestle for me why does it say mm-hmm. was obviously I believe every word is perfect and pure mm-hmm. so I have to figure out by the help from the Holy Spirit why was is there not. Yeah. You know, let me let me d- explain it away, or well, it could be is. You know what I mean? There's a reason sure, it says sure, past sure, sure. tense, right? Because he's not coming back. He's not way. coming back the same way. And now it was one of those boom. Yes, this. Think about that first advent. You know, we think of the lowliness. Oh, he was nailed to the cross. He entered into the world meek and lowly. What is more humbling than the God of creation making himself an infant baby? Hmm. Yeah. That yeah. has to rely yeah. on sinful man for his protection, That's right. for his nurture, for his food. You know, what does a baby need? Got to have mom, right? Yeah. Got to yeah. have mom to eat. Mm-hmm. Got to have mom to change you. Got to have mom to clean you. You know, got to have dad to instruct you. Yeah. Got to have dad to guide you. What's more lowlier than that? Uh, I, it's hard to fathom because, I, you know, I have five children. So then you, you hold that little baby and you're just like overwhelmed with joy but that's a lot of responsibility and to think god put himself in this form yeah and lived this life so the 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 lowering and making himself in the likeness of man we always jump to the cross and to the 
you know, to the, the suffering and all of that. And that's where he really loaded himself. But it, it's really from the birth at the very first part of the Advent, hmm. all the way through his, his entire life. I mean, you can even just, if you continue to develop that thought, he spent 30 years in relative obscurity yeah. working as the carpenter's son. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. as an employee. Right. Um, and and continued, yep. because if you look at, um, the Bible says in Philippians 2, in our passage, that he took upon himself the form of a servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know what I mean? It was He wasn't servant, but he took it upon himself. Right. John 13 um, says in verse 4 at the, at the, at the, what they call the Last Supper. Right. The Bible says, He riseth up, for, riseth up from supper, laid aside his garments, mm-hmm. and took a towel and girded himself. Yeah. That is, that is a, a, a historical reference to what a servant would look like. Right. And he took off what he was, and now he's girded himself as a servant. Yeah. And obviously, he, we know he washed the disciples' feet. And what's interesting, after all that was over, the Bible says, um, uh, let's see, i got to find it now. Uh, he's, the, this, the scripture specifically says that when it was done, mm-hmm. verse 12, so after, after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was sat down again. So he finished his job as servant then put on those garments again and sat down at the table. Right. Um, now I know there's obviously he did something there and you know, sure. all that's historical that, right. but he, Jesus didn't do anything haphazardly. He didn't do anything nonchalantly. He, everything was done for a purpose. Right. He is the word. Nothing coincidental. That's right. And I believe there's a great doctrinal implication here of Christ laying aside who he is. Right. Well, that's made, that's made himself of note. You talk about someone who has a reputation. Of course. It's yeah. the creator of the universe. Yeah. Right. But he made himself of no reputation. That's right. But right. then when it was done, he girded himself. He put it back on. You know what I mean? And the second advent of Christ is not the same as the first. Yeah. And so when it was just, it was a wrestle for me today when I read that word was. And not that I've never read it. Right. I mean, I could quote the verse. Yeah. But it was just the, when you read it today, mm-hmm. I'm going... Yeah, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Well, don't we have this principle? We mention it all the time. If you find something that you don't understand, keep reading. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the second Advent is mentioned in like two verses. It's just, yeah. just after so that. So we point. have first. Now, you know, I, I'm not going to correct you. Here it is. Here it is. I'm going to correct myself. That term Advent is not a biblical term. Agreed. Sure. Agreed. I believe yeah. it's a Catholicism term. Yeah, so you're right. The first coming. Yeah. Now it's I always a recognizable te- term. To I always it. tell it our is. folks yeah. when I say the second coming, that denotes that there's a first. first. And if I say first coming, that denotes that there's a second. So yeah. if I say first or second coming, mm-hmm. we know that that's not for the church. Mm-hmm. It's for the nation of Israel. That's right. Now the word coming is used for the church in First Corinthians 15. Right. But. He's only coming once. Mm. Yeah. So when I say first or second, it denotes that there's not only one. But you'll notice um, 9, 10, 11, yeah. that's the second coming of Christ. That's right. right. That's right. Those are the prophecies in Isaiah that every knee shall bow. Um, Nathan, you mentioned something this morning in your message. <clears throat> and I just, my favorite verse on how Christ humbled himself. 
mm-hmm. is Psalm 113. I think it's verse 6. It's such an awesome verse to think about what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. The, Bible's, the Bible says in Psalm 113, verse 6, Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Mm-hmm. From that verse, the Bible tells me that for God to even look right. at what he created, yeah. he has to humble himself mm-hmm. to even look at it. Right. So think how he must have humbled himself to become right. that which he created. That's right. yeah. So Psalm 113 verse 6 just is an overwhelming verse to me. Just speaking of the lowliness, yeah. the humility. Now, back in the text of of Philippians two, you know, for God hath highly exalted, and is that not what the Bible teaches us? Yeah. The Bible says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Right. The Book of James says, if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, He will lift us up. Yeah. Well, isn't that exactly what? Philippians is saying. Well, if you look at verse 8 when it talks about the humility, something that's interesting is he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. This is the God that has all authority, and he placed himself under the authority of death, which was a result of the fall. He, he placed himself under the authority of something else for us. Yeah. He humbled himself and set aside his authority, was obedient unto death, and then... Uh, even the death of the cross, and it's, it's that is the ultimate humility. It's recognizing, yeah, I do have some authority. I do have authority, or I do, you know, in our own life, that mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. as a practical application. I have authority. You know, we're we're all pastors. You know, you know a lot of the you know pastoral authority stuff. I tell our church members, I say, I'm just a member of this body that happens to have the awesome responsibility to study the Word and to try to help your families, and to you know, watch for your souls, to pray for you, and to, to love you guys. Um, but under that, so we could, it's, that's why I think it's easy for pastors to kind of get the big britches mentality, because mm. you know, I'm the pastor, you know, and that, the whole joke, you know, man of God stuff, you know, here's the man of God, that kind of thing. <laughs> but the mentality of Christ is, you've got God, who has all authority obeying death. Mm. That's good. Well, that's the death is the penalty. You know, the verdict of the law is guilty. Right. According to Romans 3, the yeah. penalty for that verdict is death. Is death. Yeah. So if you, if you, you know, Christ, you know, Christ met the penalty mm. of the law. Right. Well, you mentioned Christ was under the law. Yes. The Bible, that's Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Right. Under to the redeem law. them which were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Mm-hmm. So he who gave the law to man subjected himself to that very, to that law. very law. Right. He had to obey it in all yeah. points. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. We could go on and on talking about Well, obedience is the ultimate sign of humility. It is. I mean, it That's really good, is. Yeah. Obedience is the ultimate sign. You have to yield your will to another. Right. And I, Christ did that in the garden. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Not my will. The lowly mind. mind. Yes. So that was that's the first one. Good. Uh, Let's keep going. That's excellent. <laughs> lowly mind. The second one's the renewed mind. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 uh, deals with 
you know, passage that m most Christians, if you've been in church any amount of time, have heard this verse referenced, you know, ad nauseum. It's just often yeah. that we bring it up because it's great. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the second mind is the renewed mind, and the mind in opposition to that is the vain mind. So the renewed mind is the mind that's been made new by the Holy Spirit uh, through the Word of God. And the opposition is the vain mind that is defined in Ephesians 4, that that's the way the Gentiles walk, having mm. understanding. Mm. So the renewed mind is that, you know, I don't want to say enlightened because that means, you know, in worldly philosophy, of course, yeah. it means something else. But really, that really is, that's the entrance into the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your mind's been renewed. Um, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So my favorite thing in Romans 12, 1 and 2, in dealing with that, you know, we look at, well, this is only reasonable service. You know, this is kind of like the expectation for the Christian. My, what I always point out to our church family and our teenagers, and it's the ye present. It's voluntary. No one's going to make you live the life that you're supposed to for Christ. It's good. It, it's 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 volunt. You have to do it. Hmm. Uh, you know, you're not going to wake up and just all of a sudden feel like a good Christian, and all of a sudden I understand things spiritually. It takes work. It takes effort, which is why I believe we live in a day because we're an entitlement society, an entitlement mentality. Laodicean yeah, you're say, mentality. Laodicean, yeah. It, it's not so. It's more about. You know, we approach Scripture, or Christians as a whole in this day and age, approach Scripture with, you know, how can this help me, you know, a little honey for the journey? How can this help me get to the next day? It, instead of, how do, what do I need to do to be more like Christ? What do I need to do to live the life that God wants me to live? It's the, op it, you know, we've made it more about what can I get, not what can I do, what mm. can I allow it to do through me. And so that's the, you, you present it. You, you have to do it. It's, it's voluntary. The living sacrifice is the result of a renewed mind made new. Well, this renewed mind, let's, let's just talk for a second. Why do we need to renew our mind? That means that even as Christians, our mind can get corrupted. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's the Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 is the putting off concerning the former conversation. And that's the Romans 7, where there is a law within my members that's warring. Warring. You know, just because you're saved doesn't mean that you don't, there's not a battle. That that was the very introduction to the whole week, is we are at war. You know, James Knox says uh, that you're at war. The moment you get saved, you've been enlisted into a, an army, like it or not. You didn't, have, you know, you, you if, whether you want to be in it or not. Now you can be a lazy soldier and not be involved and not, you know, take care of yourself spiritually speaking, your spiritual growth, and you know you're going to basically be useless in the army of God. Um, or you can apply yourself to Scripture. You can apply Scripture to your life. You can try to grow and live because there is a battle, and the battle. Nine times out of ten, it's not Satan fighting you. He's not omnipresent. Mm. You know, it, it's not, you know, Satan didn't come after you, you know, when you're, you know, like Brother Dalton said, when your tire goes flat on the way to church, you know, oh, the devil won't, didn't want me to go to church. Well, no, he doesn't want you to go to church, but that's not the devil. Satan's not, that's, he's not omnipresent, you know. Yeah. Is, it, is it the devil's 
doing that you have horrible tires on your car. Right, exactly. That's what, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, one, of, that's one of my favorite things that Brother Dalton says, you know, when he uses that illustration. But it, it's the fact that we're at battle with ourselves. We, we get angry, we lose our temper, we get out of control. Satan didn't do that. That's us not knowing how to have a lowly spirit. That's us not knowing how to have temperance because we haven't grown. And that's why we're not bearing the fruit in our life. You know, that reflects Christ. So uh, that's why we need to renew our mind. And that's a daily thing. It, it has to be daily. It's not a one and done. Like salvation. Salvation's one and done. You're safe forever. The renewed mind is daily. I am at war. I, I wake up in the morning. Would connect that to um, the statement, I die daily? Yeah, absolutely. The Apostle Paul. Yeah, yeah, I die daily. Well, and that ties, yeah, I'm pretty sure within the context of that passage, it ties to what he's talking about. That's why he said, I die daily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so that's the that's the renewed mind. Do you think that the you know if you're if you're discipling somebody, um, what are some practical instructions you would give to them for the renewing of their mind scripturally? You, I'm going like Colossians. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Right. You know how sometimes people. People think about walking in the Spirit mm -hmm. as this supernatural experience. Mystical yeah. fog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So break that down for us. So what I do, because here's what I have come to terms with. We're not satisfied with the simplistic, but the Bible is very simple. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, the, sim the simple answer is, and I tell our church family this, I say, you know the song, read your Bible, pray every day, and you sure. grow? Yeah. We always kind of, you know, oh yeah, I know that. Well, we know that, but we haven't mastered that. Mm -hmm. So we, we pass it off as elementary because we sing it in bi vacation Bible school. But you got 40, 50, 60, 70 year old men and women who still don't read their Bible every day, who don't pray every day. Yeah. And and we're wondering why we live in such a, a conflict and wondering why we can't, you know, dwell in, you know, God's Word richly. Well, that's because we haven't actually been in God's Word. Mm -hmm. And then when we are in God's Word, it's just our yearly Bible reading just to get it done to check it off a list. Mm -hmm. I'm not against reading through the Bible in a year. I, that is probably one of the greatest things to you know, just start doing that because it's interesting when you do that as you're reading, you'll get to a place and go, I, I read something sound just like this. And then you start to go and look it up in your, you know, uh, you know, Blue Letter Bible or Takarta or whatever app to find, remember, try to remember where you read it. I know I read this like two months ago, that same phrase. And then, well, then what are you doing? Well, now you're studying. Mm -hmm. Now you're comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Mm -hmm. So my and my, my encouragement is always, uh, where are you at in your Bible reading? You know, if a teenager comes up and says, you know, man, pastor, I'm just really struggling. All right, man, well, I'm gonna help pray with you about this, but tell me, how's your Bible reading this week? Hmm. You know, have you been in the Word today? I really, I mean, I really haven't picked it up in the past, little, you know, last Sunday I picked it up, you know, Maybe, you know, sometimes they don't even bring it to church, you know, it's yeah. like, I left it in the car, you know, well, go get it, man, you know, like, go get, get off your, you know, rear end, go get your Bible, bring this to church, you know, um, it, that's my first place to go, because I honestly believe that we would avoid a lot of error 
if we were just, well, and you look at that, that Colossians passage where it says, you know, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm -hmm. Well, we know what dwell means, right? The word dwell, it, it denotes a place where it lives, where it abides. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the word of Christ should be living in you. It is a living word. The book is alive. So when you're hiding it in your heart, when you're taking it with you, you're taking ownership, which we talked, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit in one of the first sessions, the hiding, uh, uh, receiving and hiding, taking ownership and then taking it with you, keeping it with you. It doesn't mean that you're going to remember every word of every verse word perfect, but if you can remember when temptation comes that you have uh, not an high priest that cannot be touched with your infirmities, then you know, all right, Lord, I need your help with this. And then you'll be amazed how often some scripture comes to mind. Yes. And we think that that's kind of bogus sometimes, but it that's exactly how it works. That's right. You know, it's not a mystical fog that, you know, I, that's why my favorite thing is, you know, the walking in the Lord, um, Colossians 2 and verse 6, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. How did you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord? By faith. Mm -hmm. So walk ye in him. How do you walk in him? by faith mm. it's the only way well i i really don't know how to fix this situation god i'm coming to you for help i've been dwelling in your word you know this is happening in my i'm about to lose my job i don't really know where i'm going to get the next paycheck i know i'm working i know that's a biblical command you know if man shall not work neither should he eat so i'm working i'm doing what i can if i got to cut some firewood and deliver it to people just to get 10 bucks to go you know buy a loaf of bread and some meat to make for my children that's what i'm going to do but Lord, I, you're going to have to provide the opportunity. Well, you'll be you'll be amazed, Lord. I'm trusting you for that. You'll be amazed how many times that's all that it takes. Yeah, you know. And then there's a peace that comes with that. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to will and deal and make things happen. I'm just doing what the Bible has instructed me to do and trusting God for the outcome. The same way that you do with salvation. Mm. That's the entire Christian walk. Yeah. What's interesting about these two minds is. They are incredibly simple to understand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But yet our flesh doesn't want to do any Doesn't else. want to do it. You know, when I think of renewing my mind, when it comes to my marriage, and I get my thinking all messed up. Yeah. About my wife, I need to renew my mind. Right. You know, have you guys ever? I'm sure you never have. Where your children do something and you need to correct them, but you need to go walk away for a few minutes. Yeah. 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 What are you doing? I'm renewing my mind. Yeah. I'm. I understand. I'm. I may be seething. I may be, <laughs> but I'm renewing my mind. Mm, right. I talk with people all the time. I hate my job. I hate, you know. And I tell them, you know, it's called work for a reason. Right. It's not called pleasure. Right. Yeah. You're trading time and talent for money. That's what work is. Yeah. So I remember distinctly there was a time when I worked at the bank years ago where I had to renew my mind about my job yeah um I, I said you know what all I'm, I'm putting food on the table this doesn't you know I, I don't very few people love what they do oh mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah. and they you'll hear well if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life well i love what i do but i work every day yeah, of my absolutely. life i don't understand what i but, love pastoring but it's work yeah but you know having a lowly mind the flesh hates that oh absolutely yeah. having a um Having a renewed you, mind. Oh my yeah. God, I'm digging it. It's all right. I, I need know, to go. I know, I know where you're at. I need to go renew my mind. Renew your mind on this. This is. Ah, this is we are at the halfway point of camp. Anybody that is oh. still whistling and singing at this point, 
there's something wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say we're all living on very little sleep. That's right. That's right. And lots of coffee. So, as, but as you mentioned that, you know, the, why is it the flesh <clears throat> doesn't want to be lowly in mind because of pride? Yes. And then why would the flesh? Why do we not want our minds to be renewed? Because that would that would introduce the possibility that we're not right about something. Sure. That oh, we're that's wrong. Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that is absolutely. a that is a stinky spot to be when you you're wrestling with. Wait a second. Maybe I'm not omniscient. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know everything. How often do we like to take responsibility? in the area of the of something that we've made a mistake in. Usually never. We don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah, the, no. the, the flesh usually never. Usually never. Usually never. Okay. Well, the, never. The flesh does not want to admit fault. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's what having a renewed mind is, is you yeah. you're you know, let a man examine himself, right. first Corinthians. Yeah. Well, we're masters at examining everyone else. Right. Mm. Well and what do you examine <laughs> yourself with? with that perfect law of liberty, like with the word of God. And that's when it gets real quick. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, when you were, when you were talking, I was thinking of the second Timothy three, the last days, the perilous times, Mm -hmm. and then it defines the perilous times with this list. And the very first thing is men shall be lovers of their own selves. And then towards the end of the list, you have heady and high minded Mm. lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. My, my. Okay, which is interesting because that indicates there is a profession of a love of God. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sure. But not lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Well, and that you could even tie to the casting down imaginations and high things that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. And so if you've got a, if you're a lover of God, you're going to love his knowledge and his wisdom. And so when things start to creep up that start that, that try to supersede that or to take its place, if you are a lover of God, right, you're it, it's a little it seems like it should be easier to cast that down. So that that's kind of, that's how that kind of it, mm-hmm. but if you're living in the renewed mind. It is easier. We don't think it is, you know. And it, well, especially the younger we are, and well, I guess it really doesn't matter age. You know, I think it's more of spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think our problem is we, you know, we associate young people as unintellectual. They're dumb, and they're not. Man, th- this generation is smart when it comes to intellect, how things work. You know, they're they're deep thinkers. You know, we're ta- I was talking about that with a friend at lunch today. You know how how in depth the thought. Of, of some of these 15, 16, and 17. Man, when I was 15, 16, and 17, I was not a deep thinker. When it came to the things of God, it was like, I, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking about girls. You know, I wasn't thinking about marriage and all that. I was just more thinking about, you know, just, all right, I'm having fun. Can I get my friend to come over and we can play some N64? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was, that was all life was about. But now because of the interconnectivity of life and the, the, the increased technology, there is a perceived intellect that our young people have. And so now they look at an older generation as being dumb, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think it's more on both ends. It's not that this is smarter than this or this. It's more of the spiritual maturity. And because we think we're right on some things in life, because we have some life experience with age, if it's not run through the renewed mind, then my life experience doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I want to have a renewed mind of Christ. And so that's why it's every day, you know, if I'm, I'm often, um, I'll give a personal example, you know, I, as a teenager and growing up, I just inherited, I'm not going to say which side of my family, it's just in case one of my family actually listens to the <laughs> podcast, but I inherited a very short fuse. And that was, you know, that was my thing. You know, I just lose it. Well, when you have children, that doesn't get better. Right. So, and I would remember, you know, my, my oldest daughter, you know, being born, I remember she'd be like one years old and uh, one year old, not years. Uh, and she would do, and I just remember, I'd just get so angry and I just yell. You're right. And I just, and I'm like, she has no idea what I'm even yelling about. You know, she's just back there you know, listening to some music, just talking. Right. Mm -hmm. So as my kids have gotten older, you know, because my prayer has been, God, I don't want to be that angry father that just, you know, my your kids write you off because our oh, dad just loses his temper. You know, the Bible does talk about temperance, right? It does talk about, you know, hearing a matter before answering. It talks about having patience. Mm. Um, you know, if we're raising our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, we'll do that. So my prayer, you know, as we've gotten older, as our kids have gotten older, Lord, I pray that you'll help me to recognize where I have reacted wrong and then Help me to be humble enough to tell my children I was wrong. Mm. And there have been times, you know, where I've had to sit all of our children down. Now our youngest, you know, they're the little girls. They're just little. They don't understand. But my oldest ones are older now to where they know that. And I have sat them down and I've said, guys, you know that dad loves you. I handled that wrong. Shouldn't have talked to you that way. And I apologize for that. Now, on a side note, the way you were acting was in direct violation to the law of the house, right? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was in direct. So that's still not okay, but neither was the way I reacted. And that's, you know, but that only happened. And I'm not using like, oh, I'm this awesome person. It's just more of as you get in the word and as you try to, just, Lord, renew my mind, you know, it, it'll affect even your parental relationship with your children. Mm. And, it, and it, 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 it does make a difference. And I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. The only reason I am... The man I am today is because, you know, it, they say it's because of the friends you keep and the books you read. Well, if you stay in the book, it can change you. And so I, that, that's kind of, that's, so that's the renewed mind. I don't want to live like a Gentile walking in darkness. So can I ask a question? Because yes, you, you pastor in the woods. You would sure. say hills probably. Yeah, mountains. We would say woods. Yeah. Um, when you talk about spiritual maturity, mm -hmm. Do you find, and this is kind of for everybody together, or do you find that sometimes people can confuse having common sense and experience with spiritual maturity? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's something that is where common sense is equated to right. spiritual maturity. I don't know what you all think about hmm. that. but Well, it goes back to the whole, you know, when you and I know y'all have talked about kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. That's Romans, you know, the passage that defines the kingdom of heaven. It's a spiritual kingdom. So common sense is a physical thing. You know, mm -hmm. don't play in the road where there's a lot of traffic. That's common sense, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Maybe not so common anymore, but there's still that's common sense. That doesn't mean that you've grown in righteousness and peace and joy. Right. Yeah. Just because you know, don't play. And so what I always what I've always tried to do is say, just because, okay, you can know something about some physical things and have some wisdom. And there is a, wis there is a worldly wisdom. Yeah. 
that doesn't mean that you're a spiritual giant. Mm -hmm. That just means you've got some worldly wisdom. You know, what happens when someone slights you? Are you bitter? Do you hold that against them? What happens if a brother in the church messes up in sin and then they're repentant and they want restoration and you just say, nope, you're, you're done. I write you off. You know, even in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul told them, you know, he dealt with in 1 Corinthians some sins and some people that were living in sin. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he deals with how to restore, that they need to restore them. Mm -hmm. Because they seemed very, they seemed repentant. They seemed like they, they recognized and they fixed it. They wanted to do what was right. And there were people who were just holding it against them. And he said, no, you need to restore that relationship because that's the biblical thing. So if you've not grown in that, you're still holding bitterness, but yet you know some worldly advice or you know some, you know, you've learned some, uh, you know, little little pearls or nuggets of wisdom. It doesn't mean that you're spiritually grown. It doesn't mean that you're renewed in your mind. Well, you can... Uh, you mentioned about just common sense, which saved or lost can have that. But yeah. how about the way Cornelius is? Def if, if listen, listen to this. If I if I read this about someone, I think most Christians would say, "Well, this is the description of a saved man." Mm -hmm. If I read this to you, okay, this man is a devout man, one that feared God with all his house who gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Yeah, sounds like a perfect church member. Does that sound like... Uh, <laughs> sure. But this man is lost. Right. He's lost. Right. I just read to you Acts 10 and verse 2. Right. Four qualifications given of a lost man, mm -hmm. which is probably more faithful than a lot of Christians we know. Absolutely. <laughs> so, sure. yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. So you could say how spiritually grounded is he. Right. Not, he's not even a child of God, right. um, but yet, uh, huh. I just think that 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 like renewing of the mind is something that is lost to the Laodicean, mm, right? Because he is so worldly wise. You know, he is the Laodicean is willing to esteem himself as having need of nothing. Mm. Right. So Even though he's naked and blind. Right. And right. All these right. right. So when you tell him or her that they need the daily renewing of their minds you know, from the Word of God, by right. the Spirit of God, they just think, I don't see why I need that. Yeah. Look at, what, yeah. Look look at, at my house. Look at what I got. Look at my job. Well, you know, that my, goes to the Colossians 3, um, 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Yeah. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Mm -hmm. So putting on the renewed man is going to make you more like Christ and less like you. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of the Which isn't uncomfortable measure. for people, for all of us. To think of us. what if I strip away who I am? Right. You know, what's left? That's because we that's founded our goal. identity in ourselves. Sure. And that's what the world is trying to get you to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're trying to have and that is the that is one of the main battles that I think our young people face in that it doesn't matter what generation it is. It doesn't matter if it's the 1900s or the 2000s or the 2020s. When you're a teenager, you're struggling with identity. Mm -hmm. Where do I fit in? Who do I belong to? You know, which which group of people are, you know, we all say we hate cliques, but we all have them. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Christ says you aren't to be in your own identity. Don't be you. 
be me. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of reject that these days. You know, we say we want to be Christ-like, but yet we don't live like Christ. Well, everything about even, I mean, this is a, another discussion for another day, but even the, the quote-unquote, the American spirit is a very independent oh, spirit. Very, and as coming from where we come from, right. there are certain values like independence and yeah. self-sustaining and that are very at odds with sure. a life in which Christ is king. Well, and is your identity the you know they call America the great experiment, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it and, I, and the Lord has used American missions. Mm-hmm. He has used the American churches, uh, but at the same time, we can't be blind to the warfare of the fact that it was also a great experiment that has led and bred to the Laodicean church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. rights of the people. That is clearly a Western mentality. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, which is affecting the rest of the world right now. Yeah. You know, the rights of the people that stand up against our governments and regimes. Now, you know, not not being political, but just saying that it's that mentality. Mm-hmm. And right. we have shared that. Right. Uh, yeah. What's the third mind? The third mind is my favorite. It's the sound mind. Mm, uh, yes. 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. So I pointed out how, you know, this is a verse that's used, been used a lot, uh, especially through the COVID years. You know, God's not given us the spirit of fear. Well, the context of the verse is clearly shown in the next verse that says, Be not thou therefore. You know, when you got a therefore, you got to see, because the previous verse, mm-hmm. this is true. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoners. So the power, uh, the spirit that is in us is not of fear, but of power. Power to what? Power to stand for Christ and of love, to be able to love like Christ loved, which was an honest love, and of a sound mind. Uh, the reason I like sound mind is because I got to do a word study. On, you know, what is it? What is a sound? What does sound mean? You know, that's that's how my mind where I'm reading these things and it's words that we we know, you know, I have little side notes where I've written through my reading, okay, sound mind, it means settled, you know, it means grounded. But then when you look at the first time the word sound is used uh, outside of being the sound of something that you hear is that Isaiah 1, 5, and 6 passage where it says, why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. So now you've got a head that is sick and a heart that is faint. And the next verse, from the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. Well, it's tie- soundness is tied to health and strength in Scripture. So when you're dealing with a sound mind, it's more than just settled. It's healthy and it's strong. Hmm. And so we're looking at the sound mind that we have that can only be the product of dwelling in sound doctrine. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of doctrine being tossed around these days. Um, you know, doctrine's just simply that which is taught, you know. Um, 
the question is, what are we teaching? Is it the sound doctrine of the Word of God? If it's something extra scriptural, we can't call it sound doctrine. We can call it our doctrine. We can't call it sound if it's not from the Word of God. So, and I think that's some of the battle with churches that are trying to hold to certain types of preaching standards that are their own convictions as doctrine from the Word of God that have nothing to do with the Word of God. And so we've made the Word of God of none effect, just like the Pharisees did. Mm -hmm. you've, you've made the law of none effect because you, you've held the traditions of man up with the Word of God, mm -hmm. with the law, mm -hmm. and you've made it of none effect. And so now we just think everything is doctrine. Mm -hmm. well, if I believe it, and that's what my pastor says, it's good doctrine. No, it doesn't mean it's healthy and strong. It's just what he's preaching and teaching. Mm -hmm. So to make this practical sure is it accurate to say to have a sound mind means we need to have a healthy mind absolutely okay if we want our bodies to be healthy yeah what do we do we have to to feed it correctly we have yeah. to feed it in a healthy way mm -hmm. we have to use it in a healthy, healthy way, way. Mm -hmm. so for our mind to remain healthy we need to feed it healthy right things we need to use it in a healthy way absolutely which is opposite of what the flesh wants to do. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't mention this. I had it in my notes as an illustration, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, especially by Tuesday morning, all the teenagers are just zombies. You know, <laughs> this is, you know, just the second morning of teen camp, but it's been two nights of midnight madness and yeah. lots of Bible teaching and devotions and scripture reading. So just the teens are zombies? Well, I try to get all the adults that, you know, we're all, I'm we're all yeah. strong. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we've been through this, all right? We're seasoned warriors in, yeah. the, in the fight of team camp. But, you know, I, one of my favorite things to do, and I noticed this during, uh, during you know, it's kind of funny, COVID, you know, say you entered, we'd entered into a twilight zone, right? Well, for me, it kind of was more spiritually. I started to realize some things about my own life personally that weren't reflecting what I was preaching and teaching. Mm. And one of my favorite things to do is sit down with a bucket of popcorn and just turn on Andy Griffith, you know? And so I would do that every night. Kids, get in the bed, it's 8.30. Popcorn's made, let's sit down and watch. And I would eat popcorn and watch Andy Griffith till I'd fall asleep. Well, that's three and a half, four hours. And I would call it vegging out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Had a long day. I just want to veg out. And then I started to realize what I'm saying is I don't want to think about anything. Mm -hmm. Well, then you start actually looking at that scripturally. And what you're saying is you're opening your mind and letting your guard down because you're tired, mm -hmm. because you're faint, which ultimately is associated with weakness and it's unhealthy. You know, so we preach about eating healthy, right? want to be a good example want to try you know as you get older you start thinking you know i'm 37 my dad had a heart attack when he was 47 there's some things i think about now that i didn't think about when i was 27 yeah you know i'm checking my heart rate you know i'm making sure i drink plenty of water a day on top of the eight cups of coffee you know mm -hmm. i want to i'm gonna i want to i want to balance that it's just about <laughs> sure. balance but it's the same thing with the mind you know there's nothing wrong god gives us all things richly to enjoy you know there's nothing wrong with sitting down and you know, enjoying a little bit of TV time, just some relaxed time with the family and, you know, those kind of things. But if that's all you ever do, well, you've just, you're weakening your mind. Your mind is fat and lazy spiritually. Well, we live in a day and age today, which is obsessed with entertainment. Oh, yeah. We are obsessed with amusement. Oh, yes. Well, think of that term, um, to muse, M-U-S-E. What does that mean? To think. To think. Yeah. To amuse means what? To stop thinking. To, to not, not think. think. Yeah. yeah. 
And so That's we true. live in a generation today that doesn't want to think. Yeah. They want to be amused. Well, you know why? It's easier. Right? That's it's right. just a lot easier. I don't want to think. Just tell me what to think, you know? Yeah. But to amuse oneself, you know, can you amuse yourself in the spirit? I, I, you know, is that only fleshly? You know, I, I think to myself, you know, I don't go to an amusement park mm. to get closer with God. Now, some of the rides I go on, I, I want to make sure I'm close to God. But my point is, is we live in a generation which could not be further, which is taught, could not be further from what we're talking about right now. Right. Right. We don't want to. We don't want to renew our mind. Right. We don't want to. Or could it be Laodicean? We don't think we need to. It could be a combination. I'm naked oh, uh, yeah. and blind, and I don't you even think it. I need anything. Right. Yeah. You think you're closed. We live in a day and an age which people think they're incredibly close with God mm -hmm. when they aren't at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. How are we doing on time? Are we Are we still good? Or a few minutes? A few minutes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just think this is uh, when I heard you preach this today, Nate. I just knew this is what I wanted you to talk about on the sure. podcast yeah, because absolutely. it's so. I think it's so easy. I, I don't think, and please take this the wrong. Yeah, please take take this it the wrong way. way. Yeah, I will. please no. don't take this the wrong way. No, I don't. I don't. That what I'm about to say. Yeah. That this is not profound. No. What I mean by that, it's not so high and lofty. Oh yeah. That I can't understand it. Right. And more importantly, couldn't do it. Right. Mm. All right. three of these things are something that when you talk with it, it's it's easy for me to understand. So, just for the few minutes we have, what keeps us from doing these things? What keeps us from having a lowly mind? I know the easy answer is the flesh. You sure. know, that's the easy answer. Uh, we can talk about distractions, the distractions there are. Like laziness. Well, I was going to say, make that, you know, apply that to, okay, say you're unhealthy physically. So, just talk to the listener that's that, okay, okay how do... How do I do these things? What keeps what, us from what keeps us from doing? Because I, you know, I, I, my first ten years were in corporate America. Sure, it was easy. They would say, "What are your goals?" There's three step plan. What are your goals? Right. Point two. What are the obstacles keeping you from obtaining your goals? Right. Right. And then point three was. How are you going to overcome those obstacles? Right. Because if you think of it logically, if I overcome the obstacles, I'm at my goal. Sure. So I want to have a renewed mind. I want to, but I first need to identify, I think, so I need to do think, two things, identify my obstacles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then what am I going to do about those obstacles? Well, and some of that, we're, that's kind of tonight's subject a little bit, you know, on the thought. So, you know, how do you have godly mindset? How do you keep your mind captive to the obedience of Christ? Um, you know, what, what is it that keeps me from that? It, it's the same type of, it, it's excuses is what it is. And, and, and we've already talked about that a little bit. You know, what keeps me from that? Well, laziness or I think I've arrived. It's one of the two. It's either pride or laziness. It's, it's the two that keep us from it. And then what mm -hmm. happens when, you know, say physically speaking, you realize, you know what, the doctor says I need to work out. I need to eat a little better because blood pressure, things like that. What do you start doing? Well, first thing, you know, if you're married, your wife says, well, the doctors say, well, now you have accountability. Mm. 
now you've got somebody who is going to say, the doctor said you need to, let's get out, let's go walk together. You know what I mean? Um, so you already know what you need to do, and that is to be in the Word and study. So what's the first step to do that? You need to find somebody to keep you accountable. Uh, you need to find someone that you can go to, which is, in essence, discipleship. That's what, it's one-on-one, -on -one. it's someone else, it's iron sharpening iron. It's saying, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this right now, or hey, I'm reading through this passage, and it's really kind of confusing, or hey, I've heard someone twist, you know, I've heard someone say this, and it almost makes it sound like this is saying you can lose your salvation. But can, can we get together for some coffee or, you know, a, a donut or something and, and talk this passage through? That's, that's one of the ways that you help renew your mind because you've got someone counting on you and you're counting on them and you're working together in that. Uh, the Christian life was never meant to be lived alone. The Bible was very clear in the very inception of man, even before the fall, it's not good the man should be alone. Mm -hmm. It's you know, But we've lived in a society where we don't trust our neighbors, we don't trust the people, we don't open up to the people we go to church with because we're so afraid they're going to hold it against us or we're afraid of what they might think then that goes to the second Corinthians uh, 10 later on in the passage where it says that we're comparing ourselves among ourselves instead of coming to you instead of me saying you know what uh, I, I can't I, I don't really want to go to I need to go to brother Chad and just get some accountability and and let him know this is where I'm struggling you know you know pastor this is where I'm struggling and this is where I need help instead we think well I don't want I don't want anybody to know I'm struggling with that mm -hmm. right I don't I don't want anybody to know that you know I have this mindset well, here's the thing. It's just like salvation. We're not going to cast you down, right? A godly person is going to encourage you in that. Mm -hmm. Say, man, I'm glad you came to me with this. Hey, listen, I've got some struggles too. Why don't we get together once a week and just have some coffee time and, and we'll, we'll just... You know, we'll just read through some New Testament books together and just do some word studies and just so we can challenge each other to be renewed. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you really, that's some practical ways to, to do that. Other than just personal Bible reading and prayer, now you got accountability. Now I got someone who's relying on me to be there for that egg omelet, you know, to talk yeah. about yeah. this passage of scripture, you know. Hmm. That That's, I, I, it's so simple. You sure. Know? Um, that's that's kind of what y'all remember the Geico commercial it's so easy a caveman could do it Was that, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's kind of that mentality yeah. but yeah. it's so simple that we think that surely that's not all there is to it Yeah, there's got to be more there's got to be something mystical that has to come upon me to make me like that it's not it's really that easy Amen. well if you're listening you just heard it directly from Pastor Nate Browning that the way to have this mind is to listen to backwoods theology <laughs> that is how you will renew your mind have a lowly mind that's right and uh, praise the Lord you mean like listen to cavemen <laughs> yeah, so easy even the cavemen <laughs> that's, a, that's great I'm like is that where we're going <laughs> you're always meeting from an undisclosed location <laughs> it might be a cave it might be a cave or a bathroom you never know you never know <laughs> Well, thank you, Nate, for joining us today. Yeah, um, just, for I'm me. really looking forward to the message tonight mm -hmm. and uh, just building upon what we've learned thus far. And 
I just appreciate you sharing these things. As soon as I heard that this morning, I was like, oh, that would be a great podcast. Amen. Amen. I appreciate so, the opportunity. Thank you all for Yes. Yeah, you absolutely. appreciate you so much. Well, we're thankful for you who are listening as well. And even if you're not listening, I've had fun whether anyone's listening or not. <laughs> so uh, we are going to leave you for now, but we'll be joining you again with another exciting episode here at Backwoods Theology. Thank you.